0: Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. We're co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We are your hosts, Marlene Stemmey and Andy Laker. How's it going, Andy?
1: Hey, pretty good. How are you doing?
0: No, same. I'm doing well. We are on episode eight of season seven. This one is called Jumping Jerks. It was written by Ken Levine and David Isaacs. Directed by James Burroughs, and it aired on December 22nd, 1988. So this is our pre-Christmas episode. This episode summary is that Norm, Cliff, and Woody come in from watching The Magnificent Seven, lamenting that there's no real danger or adventure in the modern world. Another Cheers patron encourages them to try skydiving. They agree to avoid appearing to be wimps, but then wimp out of the jump once they're up in the plane. They concoct a lie to save face in the bar, and in so doing, they weave Sam into their tangled web of skydiving deceit. (laughs) Each of them has a reason to go for the jump, but fear wins the day the second time they go up. At this point, Rebecca enters the story with a business plan to promote Cheers that is born of a customer suggestion placed in the new suggestion box that Rebecca has started at the bar. That begins the teaser as well. Rebecca has started the suggestion box so that customers can give feedback on how to improve the customer experience at Cheers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It sounds very, very corporate, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and Sam and Rebecca are going through these responses. Sam's kind of skeptical, but Rebecca is enthusiastic about this, you know, new thing that she's done. And so the first suggestion is that um, to have happy hours, and she says that's illegal in Massachusetts. So for Sam reads the second one, which is to serve hors d'oeuvres. And she says it's a conflict of interest with Melville's. So she you know, thinks that there has to be something in this box that's worthwhile. So she plows through the box, and she finds this long suggestion written on a full piece of paper. And she's excited. She tells Sam this means that someone really cared to write this mm-hmm. long suggestion. So she reads a long, long and flattering letter about the warm family feeling it Cheers and the kind-hearted um, kind-heartedness of the manager in particular is something that this patron appreciated. And then the letter ends the line saying that the only thing needed to improve tears and to basically improve that warm family feeling is if the manager would make the naked pretzel with the bartender. hmm <laughs> So she kind of gives Sam a look real, <laughs> I would say, like, sort of slightly amused but annoyed and wads up yes. the suggestion. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I love this opening teaser. Well, I liked because at the very beginning, so the customers drop a note or whatever, and they're just a little piece of paper, and she says, Thank you for caring. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that line. Uh. I don't know. It just, like you said, it's so grossly corporate and, Mm -hmm. you know, saccharine and everything. But um, coming out of her, I don't know. I just, I thought that was pretty good. So, yeah. yeah.
0: It is because it's like she's. She's in between like she thinks she's corporate but she's really small business. And I think that's something right. that goes through the, you know, entire rest of the series. But there's I think that that sort of identity or if you will business identity for her is up in the air at this mm-hmm. point. But I like that too. And I like the the back and forth that she has with Sam. Yeah. And of course, her sort of amused but scathing look at the end mm-hmm. is my favorite. <laughs> We start the episode, Norm, Cliff, and Woody come into tears. They're singing the theme from The Magnificent Seven, which you've heard the cast sing before. And we've heard yeah. them mention The Magnificent Seven on many occasions before. Um, and Norm makes a comment about to say him about The Magnificent Seven. Norm clarifies that The Magnificent Seven is actually his bar order. So they've come in, they've been watching The Magnificent Seven at Cliff's place, and Norm is musing on what it would have been like to live in the Old West and to settle the new frontier. And Cliff says he lived in the Old West. <laughs> like in a previous life, he lived in the Old West. And he says that the trouble with the world today is that there's no danger. Norm wishes there was a thrilling endeavor they could try. And Cliff is saying, like, everything is so darn safe. So they're just kind of running their mouths about this, you know. Kind of about the just curve, two guys being a little curmudgeonly about the nature of the world after they've spent mm-hmm. that afternoon, you know, watching this movie in someone's home.
1: I really like the line about how they were disappointed to find out they started to watch The Magnificent Ambersons mm. and they realized it wasn't a sequel. I really like that Oh, line. yeah. And then they <laughs> went back to
0: watching The Magnificent Seven. That's right. <laughs> that Again, <was> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, Rebecca says something about, like, don't you guys watch anything other than The Magnificent Seven? So even she has become familiar with this practice by this time. Absolutely. So behind them at the little table, this man keeps suggesting skydiving as they keep talking about, you know, how the world is too safe. He says, what about skydiving? And then he says that he teaches skydiving. So after the fourth time that he mentions it, Woody says he has an idea. What about skydiving? (laughs) So he's, you know, subconsciously or perhaps consciously picking up on this. Mm -hmm. And Woody says that in the movies, people skydiving look like they're just floating through the air. Cliff says that sure they're floating through the air but the earth is hurtling upwards at a hundred miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> I like that
1: mm-hmm. it's because
0: you're, you're already seeing that they're terrified even by the idea of it right and this man at the table says that it's, there's nothing you know like the freedom of falling through space and he introduces himself as Bob Speaks because Normus is like who the hell is this guy you know <laughs> because the guy doesn't know that they're just shooting off at the mouth like they're not really wanting to do anything right But Bob offers to take them skydiving in the morning. And Carla tells him he's talking to the three biggest cowards in Boston.
1: (laughs) Calls them cocktail weenies. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Yeah,
0: And so Bob says, like, well, not everyone has what it takes. And I notice at this point the blonde lady is watching from the the back table as this is going on, just to include her.
1: May I say, Mm. I was going to bring her up a little later, but this is the perfect time. yes. Yes, Joan is back. Joan is back. She Mm -hmm. continues to shine in her background role. And I feel like, you know, we talked about this earlier. Just, uh, you know, she was absent from the first run of episodes this season. Mm -hmm. And we were a little concerned. But then she appeared back. And I just got to say, she's got this, she's got this je ne sais quoi that really heightens the view and experience. And I think her absence is one reason why those episodes fell a little flat for us. Something felt off and it was probably because she was on vacation those weeks. Yeah. So. so
0: it could be she's either a talisman that brings about the spirit <laughs> in the bar or it's just, you know, or the more practical explanation, I suppose, would be that they just paid more attention to, like, the, you know, just the, the bar and who is supposed to be there and what the nature of that place is and cheers and so forth. And so she, of course, is a part of it. Both so are I valid. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy with either explanation or both. <laughs> So the guys are about to agree to go skydiving in order to preserve their pride. And Sam is the voice of reason. He says it's late. They've had a few beers. They're going to agree to anything, you know, but they decide they're going to go anyway. Did you have any other thoughts or comments on this whole scene set up?
1: It's almost, I, I i don't think this is the case, but it almost plays out as though the whole bar is in on it, right? Like hmm. they're being perfectly set up to see if they'll do it. You know, yeah. the fact that this guy's there as a skydiving coach, right. exactly. the fact that Carla's egging it on, it just almost feels like it's perfectly written to be in that case. I'm not, I don't think it was, right. but I and liked I like how that. it, yeah. And it then, so really then die. watching it on the screen, you know, everything is about that. It's all framed
0: around that. Mm -hmm. The entire
1: episode is about that, and I like how everyone's in on it in
0: one way or another. That is, Yeah, I agree with you that I don't think that that's what was going on, but I could see it. I could see a story in which that exactly like this, but maybe with that twist at some point or a couple added things that would indicate that that is what was happening. Because even Sam, in his sort of, again, role of caution and reason could have been in on it but still been like "Ah, is this really the thing you know we need to make sure that they are making the right decision like that kind of thing so i could that makes sense yeah yeah so norm cliff and woody are in the plane with bob they're in their parachuting outfits and i noticed throughout that they're all wearing the same style of nikes i don't know if that's part of the skydiving you know outfit or what but they all have the same shoes on they look terrified Bob, and they do a good job looking terrified, I think. Mm -hmm. Bob is giving instructions. And Woody says that this does not sound like as much fun as it sounded last night, which things never do. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's a good life lesson right there. Yeah, that's it, right? That's it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to go how you thought it would the night before. Cliff says Woody has spoiled the fun, that they should turn around and go back. And Norm says when Cliff's right, he's right. So they're planning what they're going to tell the gang of Cheers. And they say they're going to lie their socks off, which does not go over well with Woody. So it's like very quickly they've come to this decision that they're not only not going to go, but they're going to lie about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Cliff says no one will know, which is very like Cliff. Nobody's going to know we did this, you know. So Cliff says that they have to stick together because Woody is hesitant and Cliff wants them to... We have to stay together in this lie. And so Norm says... Um, They have to have a simple, believable story. I think it's Cliff. Isn't it Cliff? It says, we jumped, the chute's open, we landed. Just very straightforward. (laughs) Just the facts. So they're back at cheers, and Norm is repeating this simple story, just as they had planned. Doesn't need to elaborate for his ego. Just tells it, you know. Mm -hmm. And then Cliff comes out telling this tale of completing a triple somersault and landing on a bullseye. And just everybody's kind of listening to him. So again, like Cliff is getting this attention that he wants mm-hmm. and they're discouraging Woody from talking like Woody's just kind of this whole time. He's kind of sulking around and Woody says, or I'm sorry, Norm says that Woody's a man of action. And then he kind of in Cliff's direction says the kind of man that appreciates a simple story, one that you can stick to. <laughs> <laughs> Glaring at Cliff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Sam is really impressed with them. He says he's always wanted to skydive, but he never had the guts so he just is kind of you know innocently believing them i think and he asked what it felt like and then cliff mouths off that he's like well sammy i imagine it's a lot like sex and then he has to go on and explain like not that he has to imagine what sex is like and then he's like I've had plenty of sex and plenty of this too <laughs> it's just like digging that hole you know
1: yes and exactly he
0: like why don't you just get on my back okay <laughs> I really like that I liked him just like spiraling out of control uh-huh. trying to explain that statement <laughs> and Carla says that they didn't jump she's already you know figured that out from the behavior <laughs> she says that Norm went home and curled up with his wife and Cliff got under the sheets with his flashlights and his Barbie doll <laughs> So, and Sam still, you know, trusts that they did this, basically. Did you have any other thoughts on that part before we get to the the scene with Woody?
1: No, I just like how, you know, the Norm's idea of here's the story we're going to do. And, of course, it's already starting to unravel itself yeah. because ego and they just can't help themselves. I like how Woody over here, though, he's like just cutting on this lemon the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's just standing over there, eyes down and everything, like trying not to be there and... Yeah, you can just you can just tell where it's gonna go. I really like how they frame that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So Carla addresses Woody as corn cob.
1: <laughs> Me? <laughs> Me? No, the other corn cob.
0: <laughs> and said, and then I really love the way Carla did this part. The entire part mm-hmm. with this first line about. If Woody, who's never told a lie in his life, because he knows that if he did, he goes straight to H.E. double hockey sticks, <laughs> just kind of like <laughs> gesturing it out. Uh huh. If Woody says they jumped, she'll believe them. And she's like, "Nail Woody," and she kind of like hoists him up on the bar by his waist. Yes. Yep. Like a little kid, mm-hmm. and ask him if he and his <laughs> two playmates really jumped. And Woody tries to stall by talking about going up in the plane, and he was there. He remembers that and Carla's pressuring him, and Woody blurs out that he jumped, parachutes open, and he landed. It was all very simple and believable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Carla is astounded, but she believes him. She believes that that was that Woody's telling the truth. So she helps him back down from the counter. By the waist, again, as if he was a small child, and he let her. <laughs> I've expected her to. I
1: love uh, this whole bit. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you're like to a parent to a child, you know, look me in the eye and tell me the truth. And, you know, he's, of course, so much taller than she is. Yeah. And she's just down here. It's the visual is great. It was, that was I really I just love good. how they did that.
0: Yeah. So she asks him three more times suddenly. She's like, did you jump? And He's like, yes. And she's like, jump. And keeps turning back <laughs> around to him. And he seems distraught. But Carla believes him. She does not think he would tell a lie. Mm-hmm. Cliff tells Sam that not, you know, not everyone has the maracas to jump because Sam's kind of, you can see that he like, he says openly, like he's kind of envies them for doing this. So now he wants them to take him to jump. Cliff says to Norm, like, are you okay with that, Norm? But his voice goes up like an octave as he's speaking. Are you okay with that, Norm? (laughs) (laughs) Can't quite do it, but yeah. And then Norm says, tell Sam his parachute is the dry cleaners. But nobody's questioning them because Woody said it was true. So at this point, when this is all going on, Woody is back polishing the rail. Sort of like you said, he's just like doing labor, you know, not trying to be a part of this at all. So Sam asks Woody, who's polishing the rail about going with them. But what he says is, Woody, what do you say? And Woody yells, we did it, okay? We jumped. What else do you want from me? <laughs> so I just, I like the way the tension is building up. And like anything that's said and phrased in such a way that Woody can interpret it as being a call out of his lie. You know, somebody mm-hmm. questioning him. Did you have anything else on that? No,
1: I mean, it's just, it's so propulsive how they do this. and I Mm. love it. I love, as I said, I just really enjoyed the visual with Carla and like a mother and a child. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, just how it kind of, it's just the tension almost is ratcheting up and and Woody's feeling it almost paranoid almost. And it's, yeah, I just, the whole thing. I just love how it just, it's so fast paced. Yeah. You just get swept right up into it. Yeah. That's what I did.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. So Woody wants to talk to Norman Cliff. He says he can't live with the lie. He's going to jump with Sam so that it won't be a lie. And Norm and Cliff decide to go because Woody basically answers Cliff's question of whether or not he would tell anyone that they didn't jump. Like Cliff's like, you're not going to tell anybody we didn't do it. And Woody said, not unless they ask me. So no, they're, especially Cliff, but they're both kind of mm-hmm. concerned that this is going to come out. They did not actually yeah. do this. So they get fired up again with this round of like, well, I'll jump if you'll jump and Norm's like, well, you'll know, I'll jump. (laughs) (laughs) They're getting themselves wound up just like they were the previous night. Yep. So they're up in the plane, this time with Sam with them. And Sam says he thought one of the others would go first, which is reasonable, since he thinks they jumped the first time, but they would kind of show him Mm -hmm. how it's done. So Cliff calls on Norm, and Norm says something like, well, if you recall, I jumped first last time. (laughs) And Woody won't go either. And so Norm, you know, says all this bickering has really ruined the spirit of togetherness. That's what it's supposed to be about. So Mm -hmm. he's getting him out of it, basically. (laughs) Yes. Cliff agrees. And so they want to turn the plane around. So Sam figures out that they didn't jump the first time. They got him up there and all of this. He says he's going to do it anyway. And then he tells this story that we've not heard before about his career and time at the end of his baseball career. When he had been drinking and he hadn't you know, been pitching because he'd been drinking, so the coach didn't use him. So he specifically didn't drink before a big game so the coach would put him in. The coach did put him in to pitch, and he chickened out by saying his arm hurt. And so he says he's regretted that ever since. That's a good story. Like I could see that being a motivating thing from Sam's past. So yeah. he goes to the plane door. He starts to count down and then he comes back to the guys and says, okay, here's our story. (laughs) So he chickens out as well. But yeah, I liked him telling that story. I felt like it wasn't too much. It was like another like little layer of insight into Sam. And then it ends with a comical moment. So -hmm. So back at Cheers, Sam is now bragging about how they all jumped together in a four leaf clover formation. (laughs) Sort of, So he's like playing the role of Cliff now. Yeah. Sort yeah. of like the June Taylor dancers. And Fraser, this is, Frazier may be my MVP for at least this aspect of the episode. So he says he applauds their bravery. And then he adds that he thought they'd advance beyond the notion that a real man risks his life in pointless confrontations with death. And instead accepted that a real man is someone that makes gobs and gobs of money. Like me. <laughs> like me. And then, like the capper is when he's walking out, he's a "see you later, sisters." Yes. <laughs> but I like that he just down throttles them with that mm-hmm. statement. You know.
1: Yeah. It's great because, you know, he really doesn't have much at all to do in this episode, but right. when he does show up, he delivers on, a, he on that line. He certainly That's pretty did. much all he has to do the whole episode. That's true. But,
0: That's true. Yeah. but he's, yeah, but he's like, yeah, he's reduced the entire idea of this like physical risk-taking and going out and being like all of that reduced by that one line. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: so Rebecca has the idea. This kind of goes back to the teaser. I like that they connected that together. She has the idea that the guys could jump out of an airplane holding a big cheers banner. And she remarks that one of the comments from her suggestion box was that they had a great bar and they should publicize it more. So the suggestion box has been purposeful. That's right. Yeah. So Rebecca thinks they could have a cameraman shoot it, they could have it on the news. And she seems genuinely excited about this idea. Mm-hmm. I think she likes these kind of marketing entrepreneurial things, you know. So that's she's in her wheelhouse now. And so Norm protest Rebecca's using a pure sport like skydiving for commercial gain <laughs> <laughs> and then she says a thing like that could have a tremendous impact and Norm says hey so could I <laughs> <laughs> and I notice, like she kind of grins and Sam turns around and is laughing I really I like that because it's funny but I, again we've talked about this before I like when they are laughing at each other, you know, mm-hmm. and you kind of, like it could be the characters or it could be the actors just thinking that, exactly. that was really funny. Really, but it yeah, all goes together, like you know. Yeah. So, Rebecca knows immediately which card to play next, I think. And she says, well, maybe it's not a good idea because she might have made a fool of herself and given it a temptation. And Stam, of course, is immediately intrigued. And Rebecca <laughs> says that, the danger of drifting through space is exciting, and she's going, on, you know, on about this. And she wishes she could capture that feeling of total abandonment while, abandon while making love. And says that she just finds he, he, so he's, and, you know, enchanted and like leaning toward her at this point, playing right into like, oh, her hand. Oh, yes. Right. <laughs> and she says something about like, let's just say I find this type of male, this type of male bravado is what is it like? Even too, it's too much for me to resist. So he asked to talk to the June Taylor dancers in the hallway. So, yeah, she, just, she, she got it exactly right. Like, entice him. He's going to get the mm-hmm. other guys on board. Like, he's clearly the leader, even though he you know, was not the one that started it. He's obviously the leader of this group, and she knows exactly how to get him to do this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So they're on the plane again. Um, this time with the cameraman, and Bob is telling them to hold the banner for 20 seconds before pulling the ripcord. cord. And he tells them to count like one Mississippi for the 20 seconds. And Sam asks to use a shorter state name, like Maine. Maine. <laughs> like, like one Maine two Maine. So the cameraman and Bob are telling him like they don't have to do this. Um they can hire professional stuntmen. And so the guys come up with a plan to pay the cost of hiring stuntmen. They're talking about this, like in addition to the cameraman and Bob, and Norm is saying something about if Vera has some money from when her parents die, like we can just, you know, dip into that. <laughs> um And Woody has been silent the whole time. And he suddenly stands up and says, like, oh, the heck in a handcart. He says he can't eat, he can't sleep. He's embarrassed to talk to his mom on the phone. So he goes over to the door and he says he'd rather die like a fool than live like a coward. And screams, Geronimo! And jumps out of the plane.
1: I like, okay, real quick pause. I really like how it's here. You know, I mean, he, Woody's interesting, I think, here. Because, you know, he lied when he said, I can never lie and it obviously did some damage emotionally himself, to him, yes, you can yeah. tell. He did, wasn't proud of that. And then he's the first one, just as everyone's starting to chicken out, he's the first one. He's like, Nope, I'm doing it. I'm mm-hmm. it's his morals in action almost, you know. Yep. Just like down home kind of do what you say what, say you, what you mean, what do, you say. Yep. Just gonna do it and uh I like and and, and he's the role model instantly for the He's yeah. the youngest of them, mm. and he does it first, and they're all looking out the window watching him, can't believe that he actually did it. And yeah. I don't know, I really like how he was the one that, that did it first, and it's like, I'm doing it, you know?
0: Yeah, I do too. I do too, that like, he led the way. And they all have their own motivations, which will be interesting to discuss, but that's true. His is just like, I, you know, I said I was going to do this, and I lied about it, that I did it, and then this is what it's come to. Yeah. <laughs> so Sam says that he's going to go... You know, he's, he's excited now. He's going to do this for Rebecca. And he says something about, like, the farther he falls, the hotter she gets. So that's, I think that's his, you know, the surface reason. I think that his original reason is probably the deeper reason. But it's, a, you know, he has this kind of push from the past and pull to impress her, you know, mm-hmm. f- in the future. Norm decides to go with Sam. He says his whole life, he feels like his whole life has come to this moment. And if he jumps and he survives, he's proven that he you know, has done something in his life, he's worth something, there's a reason for him being on this earth, and basically he can then just sit on the bar stool for the rest of his life. Which is what he really wants. But he could just <laughs> exactly. always look back. I did that one thing that one time. I'm gonna
1: get that's like his end of the road destination. I'm mm-hmm. sitting on the stool, but I've got some stories I can share, you know. That's like, it, yeah. It all works toward that, you know. I really like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. So Sam and Norm jump with the banner and they, you know, it unfurls. Cliff is aghast. He just can't, I think he can't believe that he's left there by himself because his whole thing was like, he has to rope these other people into not doing this with him. Right. So Bob tells the pilot to turn the plane around and Cliff says he's going to go. He wants Bob to push him. Like he wants somebody to, you know, make him do this. Bob won't do it. But then the plane engine shuts down. Bob's like, well, we're running out of fuel. And so Cliff is like, we're going <laughs> down, yeah. But not with me. You aren't. So he jumps to avoid certain disaster. And then the pilot cranks the engine. Bob says that that trick works every time. Um, we also, at some point, probably need to have a brief discussion on Bob.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: Because I like his character. I think we have one more bit with him coming up. Mm-hmm. But I think he's sort of an interesting... Foil isn't the right word. What would you call it? It's his, his push to the guys in the bar is interesting and the way that he yeah. deals with them as well. You know, and there's one point in there when they, I think it's the second time when they go up, like the first time when Sam goes with him, he's like this time when you jump out of the plane, you know, you <laughs> he's not really it. judging them. He knows that this is not their forte, you know, and they're afraid. But at the same time, I think it's interesting having a character like that juxtaposed to Norm and Cliff and, Fairly mm-hmm. Norman Cliff, but also Woody and Sam. Just think like yeah. the normal people that be in the bar. So at Cheers, everybody is watching the jump on TV, and Sam and Norm in the video are holding the Cheers banner. Everybody's applauding. Rebecca's thrilled, and Carla makes the comment. It's like, well, you know, how about that? Chickens can fly. <laughs> <laughs> so Woody tells Sam this is the best he's felt in his life. It's, he's probably just like the release from all that guilt is part of it as well as so oh, i'm sure yeah you know? <laughs> exactly so he says he's thinking about mm. doing something really crazy and sam is says he's thinking about having sex so sam is just being entirely randy about the whole thing mm-hmm. and what he says he's carrying sam's carrying male bonding too far <laughs> sam clarifies that he means with rebecca and what he says like now you're talking and he's kind of you know Interested in this, continuing the theme of Woody's crush on Rebecca that they seem to have like threaded in here and there, you know, Mm -hmm. that he's smitten with her a little bit. Yeah. So Woody has to correct or Sam has to correct Woody on that as well. (laughs) So Sam goes after Rebecca and asks how she would feel about an evening of magic um, after watching all that skydiving. And he mentions at some point something about with a very special skydiver. <laughs> he's just like laying on these lines that he knows don't work mm-hmm. on her, like an evening of magic, very special skydiver. So the twist here is that Rebecca says something, what does she say? It's something about like, I couldn't agree more or what if she's into this idea. And then the Yeah, twi- she's
1: like, it's tingling. She that says like, my body's tingling, tingling, yeah, tingling or whatever. And he's going
0: to continue that feeling or something to continue that feeling would be something with a very special skydiver. Mm-hmm. And she says something she couldn't agree more. And at that point, Bob opens the door and asks if she's ready to go. So she's going on a date with Bob. And Sam's like, well, Bob didn't jump out of that plane. And she says that Bob didn't blow Chow at 5,000 feet either. (laughs) So. (laughs) That
1: line got a a good laugh. It did. She gave it away (laughs) that Sam
0: threw up. So she's... um, Leaving with Bob, and she kind of like turns around and waves friendly in a friendly manner. It's like, "Bye, Sam." <laughs> she goes yeah. out the door. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so he walks. Sam walks back through the bar. He's kind of embarrassed. He's grinning, but he's kind of embarrassed. And Norman Cliff hums the theme from The Magnificent Seven at him as he walks by. Mm-hmm.
1: I like that. And Sam kind of has this little grin at the end. Yeah, you know? like he's yeah. I like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is the end of the episode. Indeed. This is a
1: really fun episode, and I I like because there's no B plot. It's all every mm. I, everything is this. Yeah. you know that they're either on the plane or they're talking about the plane. Everything is about that, so toward yeah. that. And I really like how that worked here. You know, mm-hmm. it's not the first time they've done that with an episode, but. I don't know. I like that everyone had a part to play in it. I did, The only one who had a very reduced role was Frasier. But, you know, other than that, everyone was there. Everyone's involved and has something to do with it. And mm-hmm. I just like how they set that up from the very beginning of the episode.
0: I do, too. And it makes the plane seem, because they do spend a, you know, a bit of time on the plane rather than in the bar. But it makes it seem like an, ex- an extension of that conversation they were having in the bar because it wove mm-hmm. together so nicely, I think. Exactly. Yeah. And I love
1: the random shots you get of the people in the air it's you know the actors that not oh. really the actors but just you know it's it's obviously not them I, right. would, I would venture to guess but i don't know i just like how they provide that in there i thought yeah. that was kind of funny
0: <laughs> well i felt proud seeing sam and norm holding the cheers banner you know mm-hmm. as if i were yeah. there and i were a part of this entire thing <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly mission accomplished
0: yeah let's see i like that they just, They each had this different motivation for jumping. And none of it's, like, overbaked, but, like, you know, Woody is trying not to be trapped by guilt from his lie of not jumping the first time. Sam has his regret over his past, and then he's also enticed by Rebecca's comments, basically. So she gave him that excuse. And then Norm wants to prove that he can do something before he goes back to doing not too much on the bar stool. And then Cliff, of course, is just what would Cliff's motivation be? Survival. <laughs> he just doesn't want to die in the plane. Yeah, you know? probably. Yeah. Probably. But it was good for him.
1: This episode is very fast paced and it moves and yeah. you know, what you see is what you get. Um, but so there's, I, I don't know. I feel like almost everything's been talked about in that regard, but mm-hmm. it's just a fun episode. I don't know. It's fun. It like seeing them out of the bar and, but in a situation where they're all still together. Right. Um And, all chickening out, you know, multiple times. I don't know. I just really enjoyed
0: it. I do too. And they have funny comments in the bar. Like, even, you know, Cliff's comments about the... He's trying to overplay what they the jump the first time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Carla talking to Woody. H-E double hockey sticks. Best scene for me right there.
1: I don't know. It was just brilliant how they wrote that.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. It is fast-paced. Like, this isn't really... Taken as long to discuss because it is pretty straightforward, but I still think there's there's a lot in it that's interesting, but it's mostly fun. Mm -hmm. So what would you give it as a rating? I'm torn between a a high three and a low four. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I feel like there's not as much to get into. With compared with some other episodes, I mean there there's character motivations and things absolutely like you were talking about, but it's also a little bit more on the surface. Like here's what here's the episode. Yeah, this is it, it's pretty straightforward in that way. But I really enjoyed it, so I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a four.
0: Okay. What about you, mm. I may stick with a high three just because I, like I said there's a lot you know we both said, there's a lot to enjoy. It's funny. Everybody's good. Everybody has a part. Even Fraser's little part is so just brief but perfect exactly that i think it seems like more you know than it was Mm -hmm. um i've loved the teaser as well i like how that blended in i like that you do have like a little sam and rebecca interaction which i always enjoy even though that's not you know a big part in the rest of the episode i mean it's a little part later when she brings that back around which i also enjoyed Mm -hmm. Um, i don't know i but i I still think high three just because it doesn't have again like as much of the, the deeper things to analyze maybe Mm -hmm. but I could change my mind because it is it's kind of imminently rewatchable at the same time you know yeah it
1: is rewatchable I think maybe that's what's kind of pushing my rating higher honestly you know it's it's one of those that I enjoyed more on rewatching it Mm -hmm. in preparation for this I'd seen it the first time through I enjoyed it a little bit more maybe yeah but um, I do think it has a rewatchability factor that for me tips it a little bit onto the force. okay
0: Mm -hmm. yeah anything else?
1: Again, I just feel like this is an example of where the the ingredients are all there, the ensemble's there, mm-hmm. and they're they're hitting on it. Even if it's not a complete five star or whatever, it's right. still a good one. It's an oh, enjoyable yeah, it's one. It's what you like about the show and it's there. And I'm glad that it seems like it's hit its stride again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Coming off of a little bit episodes that were a little off to start the season yeah. for us. It seems like it's it's finding its stride again, and so I'm very I'm very happy about that that will do it for us today you can find us on facebook norm a cheers podcast and on twitter at cheers underscore norm you can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places apple podcasts google podcasts overcast and spotify leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there thanks so much for listening
0: Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. We are co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We are your hosts, Marlene Stemme and Andy Laker. How's it
1: going, Andy? Hey, pretty good. How are you?
0: Hey, I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. We are on episode nine of season seven of Cheers. This one is titled Send in the Crane. It was written by David Lloyd, directed by James Burroughs, and it aired on January 5th, 1988. So we're ringing in the new year with this one and the log line is an unlikely story of Fraser playing a clown is born when Lilith has purchased skimpy French underwear for Fraser while she was in Paris Rebecca is tasked with hosting a kitty party for the corporate executive's children and Woody has to back out of playing a clown at the kitty party in order to play Mark Antony at the theater meanwhile Sam tries the trick of dating an old girlfriend and her now adult daughter and receives a surprise of his own so that is the sort of the shenanigans, the David Lloydian shenanigans that we have to look forward to. But There's so keep... much going
1: on in this episode. There really is.
0: It, it, yeah, it kind of, some of it weaves together, some of it doesn't directly weave together, but it's, yeah, it is a lot. We start with a teaser that is um, kind of a thing on its own as well. So Fraser is teaching Woody about word association and Woody is just not getting it. So Fraser demonstrates word association with uh, Norm Cliff, and Woody. So Fraser says over, Norm says under, Fraser says inside, and Cliff says outside. Fraser says bottom, and Woody says thermostat. <laughs> so Cliff is betting Fraser that Fraser can't make sense of this at all. So he's Fraser's going to give it a go. And he guesses that the house where Woody grew up, the therm- in the house where Woody grew up, the thermostat was at the bottom of the stairs. And Woody says, "Nope, it was in, I think it was in the kitchen." And his next guess is that the heater was in the cellar, so that was at the bottom of the house. Also not correct. So the next one from Fraser is the thermostat is difficult to spell. Woody's at the bottom of his class. Also incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> but getting more and more creative. Yeah. So at this point, Rebecca kind of marches out of her office and asks Woody if he turned up the heat again. And he sort of meekly says that he did. And she explains that if he keeps turning it up, then she has to keep turning it down. That wouldn't be such a problem if it weren't in such an awkward place. And she has, she can barely get to it. So she bends way over with her bottom poking out, turning the heat down. And then Woody apologizes with a grin, and everybody else is kind of amused by this too. So I, I would say that Woody wins the Creative Association Award for that one as well. Absolutely.
1: But, you know, I think what this proves is that Cheers is a real corrupting influence on the boy. I mean, you know, I, think he, so. I feel like he would have done this in the first of season three. This is this shows the trajectory of of how of how corrupted he has become. With this, right. With these right. guys.
0: It's the corrupt. Yes. It's the corruption <laughs> of him around the guys. And it's this it's sort of little crush that he's had on Rebecca since the end of the last season, I think, too yeah. coming up again. Yep. And I also I would like to say that I think that. Kirstie Alley is a sport for going along with that plot line. Mm-hmm. I'm sure in good humor. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. I like those word games that they play. I thought that was clever as well. And mm-hmm. I always enjoy a good Fraser and Woody back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So. This is a fun one. Yeah. yeah. So we start with the episode. Lilith comes in. She's barking at Fraser that he was he was sitting. In, you know, he's sitting in the bar. So she comes in because he was supposed to pick her up at the airport. And he kind of like you could see him sort of think for a second and then he just flat out says like, "Well, I didn't do a very good job of it, did I?" <laughs> just, <laughs> I love that. I, would I like did. I to those responses it to It was people. such a
1: great line. Yeah.
0: It, yeah, that was inspiring. It's just such so good humored So Lilith says she was in Paris. Apparently <laughs> really hadn't remembered. And then she says <laughs> something about, "Remember we liberated it in the war?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always like when they mention that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a fun intro with Lilith coming in. And she has uh, brought Fraser a pair of French underwear that she purchased at the Louvre. She says they sell it all over Paris. It's very minimal. Fraser compares it, I think, to an eye patch. Mm-hmm. And then Cliff calls across the bar, something about like it doesn't leave much to the imagination. And he's laughing, and then he kind of stops. It <laughs> turns to Norm. He's like, "Not that I was imagining anything." Yeah, <laughs> there's something about his expression. I thought it was really funny mm-hmm. with that. So Lilith gets Fraser to go and try them on, so that's the that just seems like a little subtle setup, you know. But mm-hmm. it'll come back, which I like. And then, meanwhile, Sam gets a call from Judy who is coming over to see him. So they spend quite a bit of time, he and the guys and Carla, going through the list of all the Judys that Sam has dated to figure out which Judy might be coming to see him. Because he, of course, like in the Sam fashion, from what we know in the past, was like, sure, of course, I accept, like exactly he knows who she is. Yeah, he does not. And so I think Carla is the one that hits on the right answer, which is a, someone named Judy Marlowe. And Sam talks about all the things. They were like, they were all like children's things that they did. I don't remember all of them, but it was like the petting zoo and, uh-huh. you know, all these little kitty things. Swimming or something. Yeah. Yeah. And he says that she had, a, Judy had a little daughter. Basically, they used to entertain her, which I like mm-hmm. to think it's, you know, that Sam does that. That's kind of a, a playful, fun, kind thing, I would think, for him to mm-hmm. do. So mm-hmm. it's, it seems innocent in that moment. Yeah. And then it takes a different turn. <laughs> just like all of the stories in this episode. So Rebecca comes out cranky, as is her way, and Carla asks if she, uh, she got up on the wrong side of the web. Rebecca is tired of the way the company treats her, and they want her to throw a kitty party. And she has a little, like, back and forth with Sam, because she's just like, they want me to throw a party, and he's what does he say? So that will be like, my God, they must be stopped. You know, yes. Not that serious <laughs> a, a problem. But I don't know. Mm. Throwing a kitty party would... It sound, <laughs> sounds like a problem to me. <laughs> so <laughs> I sympathize with her. But she says she's just going to throw the best party because she thinks they're trying to dampen her spirits. So she's going to have the best food and best entertainment and all this. Fraser suggests that Rebecca hire Woody to play a clown at the party. And... She asks him, Woody is beyond excited. He's carrying on. He's always wanted to play a clown. Jumping up and down. Did you have any more on that whole scenario? No, just
1: how excited he is by that, Mm -hmm. you know? Um... And have too much. I wanted to backtrack real quick if I yeah. could, just because um, I wanna. Uh, one of the MVPs, I think, for this episode is Norm, um, but it's very no. subtle moments. And um, earlier, um, when they were trying to think of which Judy this was, going back to when Sam was talking about all these different Judys he's dated over the years,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, and all the guys are recalling these different examples of these Judys, and he's not, and he's like, "Well, how do you know more about them than I do?" Or whatever. <laughs> right. and Norm says, "I think it meant more to us, <laughs> Sam." And I <laughs> yeah, love.
0: That I think that's some.
1: It up so much about his whole approach is this, this vicarious sort of, of living that he has going on. You know, mm-hmm. he, he cheers him on because it's not his life, but he's so interested from that, you know, kind of vicarious standpoint. And right. I just think that that's really, we've seen it before, but. I thought that was just a fantastic, truthful line. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it meant more to us because we don't have this life and we're watching yours. And so we we remember these faces that you don't even remember. I just thought it was really clever.
0: It's really good. And yeah. Norm also, as well as it being just directly vicarious, I think that he kind of observes the group and sort of speaks for the group as well. Exactly. <laughs> so it it meant really more worked. to them
1: as his, his cheerleaders. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah, I like
0: that. I do too. That was good. I'm glad you brought that up. So Judy comes in. Um, Sam is relieved. He was worried that she was not going to have, I guess, aged gracefully. He was worried she wasn't going to be attractive anymore and was going to have Carla pretend to be his wife if she was, a, if she was ugly or something. Mm-hmm. And so he's relieved she's still as good-looking as he is, basically. And Judy is played by Sandal Bergman, who I think is a, trained as a dancer, but she was in a few things um, at that, around that era. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I looked her up to see um, she was trained as a dancer, so she has Broadway work and everything. It looks like she was in Conan the Barbarian. I've never seen that movie, but I've heard of it. Either,
0: but I know of she it. She was,
1: I think, a lead in one of the in that movie. Um, she had several other kind of TV roles, movies, and everything through the '80s and '90s, mostly kind of B sci-fi movies, from what it looks like. Without mm-hmm. di- d- diving too deep into it, um, she she had a guest turn on Designing Women. And uh, one of uh, your personal favorites, Moonlighting. She appeared in an she, episode of Moonlighting in 1986. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was in Airplane Two, the sequel, uh, and she actually I've appeared in. Yeah, she appeared in Xanadu as a dancer or so- okay. something like that. So that she's one. been in different roles and everything.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, good. She seems like she would be a dancer. I mean, she kind of moves. In a uh-huh. you know, a dancerly yeah. way. A little bit like Lilith in that regard, like Bibi uh-huh. Newworth who also is a dancer. Yeah. Just that very like proper posture and presence uh-huh. and so forth. Yeah. Interesting. So she's happy to see Sam as well. And she mentions that her daughter Lori, whom Sam had known only as a child, but Lori is uh, coming by to see him, her uncle Sammy. Lori, of course, is now an adult. So in walks Lori. And Sam is immediately smitten, finds her very attractive. And he is just suddenly more taken with Lori than with with Judy. And he's suggesting that the three of them go out together. Mm -hmm. And at some point, he's like, you know, she just come in for a second. And he's like, what's the rush? And he's talking in a higher and higher pitch. And he even makes a comment about like, why is my voice so high? (laughs) (laughs) And as they're going out, Judy kisses Sam. And then Lori comes back and grabs his hand because she had talked about how he used to make her hold his hand when they crossed the street or were walking in traffic and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So Sam is on his way with these two. And Lori is played by Chelsea Noble, who also kind of had, I guess she's had roles after that era. I just remember her from this, maybe a couple other things in the 80s.
1: Yeah, she was. Uh, she recurred in a few seasons of Growing Pains mm-hmm. uh, back in the late '80s, early '90s. She's been married to Kurt Cameron, who was her co-star there. They've been married since the early the '90s, time, so she's yeah. done a lot of mm-hmm, she's done a lot of roles with him in movies and shows and his kind of thing. Um, looking over here, yeah, she did a TV series with him in the mid '90s. Okay. Some guest turns on Doogie Howser shows like that, but yes, primarily Growing Pains is where I think most people know her from
0: mm-hmm yeah okay so as they go out Cliff says looks like Sammy's heading for trouble and Norm I agree with you he may be an MVP he's like looks like kind of a fun trip though doesn't fun it fun trip doesn't it yeah exactly <laughs> I
1: love he's just you know he's just sitting there taking it all in watching everything I yeah. just love how
0: he's kind of you know positioned during this episode I do too yeah So now we have the part with Woody's clown props. Woody has, he's enthusiastic. He's got all his uh, equipment and costuming at the ready. Uh, He has his outfit. He's got the funny horn, squirting flowers. It's a little flower that squirts water. Just kind of the things that we've probably seen before. Very sort of standard clown fare. He's got his Mm -hmm. joke book of clown. I think it just says clown jokes on it. (laughs) So Carla tries a joke, which falls flat. It's just not really that clever, you know. And Woody says you have to use them together. So he says to try the joke with the prop. And he is affixing the little flower squirter to himself. And he has the little horn. So Carla reads the joke again. And Woody honks the horn and squirts Cliff in the face with the flower. (laughs) And it's just, it's hilarious. It's funnier. Like this whole scene to me is much funnier than this type of humor should be. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm well, not sure what's driving that but it's I hilarious. think it's
1: the, I think it, it feels almost like it's a little bit ad-libbed, you know, it like does. they might just be so they're, yeah, just, like, they're just doing it and 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 laughing authentically as the actors in
0: the scene, you know. I, that's what I noted as well. Yeah. It's like it kind of seems like it's the actors a bit in this. Just really mm-hmm. like when the part we're going to get to in a second when the third time it happens. And Kirstie Alley kind of like just doubles over laughing. I'm like, that's pretty much them doing this at this point. You know, I mean, they're playing the script, but it just seems like they really are the people, the actors that are responding. Yes. So, yeah. And then also in that, even in that first bit, you know, Cliff gets squirted with the water and Norm is kind of shielding his beer. I noticed like he sort of put his hand over his (laughs) beer.
1: I wrote that down. (laughs) Yes, he covers it. He's like, hold on now.
0: Right. Right, this is getting serious. (laughs) So then Norm decides to give it a try. So he reads a joke, and Woody again hawks the horn and squirts Cliff in the face with a flower after Cliff has just toweled himself dry from the first round. And it's somehow, again, like funnier the second time. I think, like you said, because they are all, you know, seem to be enjoying it so much.
1: Yeah, I Um,
0: think so. Yeah, so the second round, it's somehow funnier than the first. So Cliff decides he's had enough. He's going to take over. So he has Norm read another joke and he takes the flower off Woody's shirt and is affixing it to his shirt as Norm is reading the joke. And when Norm gets to the punchline, Carla swiftly picks up the seltzer spray, sprays clip in the face. Yeah. And they all just die laughing. That's just yeah. classic. That was so good. Really enjoyed that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's one of those that I remember from when it first came on, just how, how funny and how fun that scene was.
1: Every one seems to just be having you know, genuinely having fun, right? Like it's right. almost their out like they're out of character for that bit.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah. it really works, I think, mm-hmm. at the same time. So I yeah. Know. So Sam comes back in with Judy and Lori and he is seems again way more excited about Lori than about Judy, who wants Sam to herself. You know, he's just a little more giddy, mm-hmm. I think. And then I believe it's after they leave, Carla tells Sam that she's remembering what happened the last time he tried to pitch both ends of a doubleheader <laughs> in, in baseball metaphor. Mm-hmm. And so they go through a round of, um, of what, what happened when he dated various people and so forth. And I think they do this later on as well. But there's several references like of her calling to mind that this hasn't worked out so well for him in the past. Mm-hmm. So Lori comes back in. And has I guess like her aerobics class has been cancelled some sort of thing. Like she was gonna see if her mom wanted to have lunch, but she, you know, starts to leave again and Sam wants to know, like, hey, does she wanna go to the he's gonna take her to the zoo like he used to do when she was little or whatever? And he asked Rebecca if he's due for a break. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm about due for a break, aren't I? And her response is great. I think she's like, hell yes, you've been back at work for almost five minutes. <laughs> I just love that. Mm-hmm. Her delivery is just my favorite thing. It
1: kind of re- reminded me back in the day when Diane would always kind of, you know, come in and out of the job as much as she wanted. And yeah. she'd be like, I'm on break. And Carla or Sam would say something like, oh, yeah, it's been, you know, something like that. You know, it's only you've been here five minutes, take a break or something. You know? yeah. just It called in mind that kind of yeah,
0: thing. Yeah, it does kind of. But, that. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. So yeah, Sam's so taking Lori to the zoo, and they're talking about zoos. And Cliff is making this comparison about how the animals aren't free to r- run and all of this. They're just sad because all the animals do is sit there and drink and shovel food in their faces. <laughs> as Norm was sitting there shoveling some sort yeah. of you know, bar snack into his mouth. <laughs> so that was pretty. It was fun comparison. Mm-hmm. So Fraser. He's curious about the morality of this dating situation. And he asked Sam about um, this ploy he has trying to date his girlfriend's daughter, his girlfriend and the girlfriend's daughter, asking if this is not bothering his conscience, essentially. Ask mm-hmm. so much about his conscience. <laughs> Sam Sam understands his conscience to be like Jiminy Cricket. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I liked that. You mean like Jiminy Cricket? Mm-hmm. I, that seems like some, it sounds like such an innocent thing that Sam would reference, especially right. in a, like, the whole situation has turned very non innocent. But then the fact that he sees his conscience is like Jiminy Cricket, I think is very childlike and mm-hmm. funny. So I think it's at this point that Sam is talking about the time he dated triplets like the, what was it like the lovely Henshaw triplets or something like that he's referencing to say that he can you know, he's up to this challenge. And Carla tells him that he was drunk, and it was actually just one woman. (laughs) So I thought that that was the best of the examples that they were giving on that topic. Mm -hmm. There's just so many good lines here
1: throughout Mm -hmm. this whole thing. The writing was so on point.
0: Yep. So Fraser is kind of, he's sitting at his, his special end of the bar, kind of wiggling his fingers and shaking his hands. And he's thinking that he's, what was it, he's either in cardiac arrest or the underwear is too tight is basically (laughs) what he's come to. So he stands up. He's better after that because he had been losing circulation in his extremities. So that's just a little little pinpoint. It's a little joke that kind of sets us up for the future, though. (laughs) And then at the next moment, Woody gets a call to go on as Mark Antony with his theater group. And he says, he flat out admits that the lead actor was sick and said something about how he had a fever of 106 and they were trying to drag him out of bed. (laughs) So it's very clear that Woody is not their top choice to be on stage, (laughs) but the other actor is completely incapacitated. So he backs out, the last minute backs out of being a clown. Rebecca's getting ready to leave for this party. And Woody is, you know, going to the theater instead. And so Rebecca needs a clown. She's mad at Frazier, says that he owes her a clown. Because he had suggested Fraser for this, or sorry, Fraser had just suggested Woody for this job. So Carla suggests that Fraser take over the clown job. Um Fraser, she you know, remarks that Fraser had said earlier that clowns can do more good than psychiatrists, and he'd always, <laughs> you know, had an interest in being a clown, I think, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So Woody says that it's, you know, basically like it's all in the paraphernalia. Like you have the outfit, you have the tricks, then the, you know, all the props, you can't mess that so Frasier is off I thought that was kind of big of Frasier like it was bold you know for him to just all of a sudden decide to do that mm-hmm. you know I think that that would be a, a, little, a little daunting to all of a sudden that be performing as a clown
1: he said he's always been good with the wee people <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, like is, that. that is a good point yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said something about donning the jesters motley mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So Woody mentions the trick handkerchief um, to Carla as he's heading out to go to the theater. Fraser has already left. And he you know, hadn't mentioned this to, to anybody else until this time. And so basically what happens, is like, oh, he pulls the handkerchief out of his pocket and his pants fall down. It's just a riot, basically. Carla is, you could see her already start to laugh at the implications. <laughs> it's like her yeah. mind is, she's already put together exactly mm-hmm. all of the variables and what's going to happen from this. <laughs> And Woody says he's wearing these big polka dot shorts. And it's just so funny because the big underwear, you know, very innocent, (laughs) Um, full coverage, the whole thing, just funny underwear underneath there. Um, But he forgot to give that to Frazier, of course. And he has to hurry to the theater. So he asked Carla to call and warn Frasier about what would happen if he pulled the handkerchief um, from his pocket. Carla says, of course she will. And then she laughs when he leaves. I just love her expression when she's amused like that. She's kind of like mm-hmm. tossing her head back and, yeah, you know, in her element. This is as good as it gets, really, for her, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. She almost looks like, almost like she's looking toward the audience. Because, you know, they kind they <laughs> of oh, start yeah. to, they start to laugh because they know exactly how this is going to go down. And she just affirms it by, like, turning and that. looking oh, almost yeah, at him. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I... Ticket, but. That's a
0: great observation because we don't always see things from that perspective of the audience, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, I can see that. I like that. So at the children's party, Rebecca introduces Fraser as Binky the Clown to the children. And they all say, hi, Binky, and then Fraser freezes. <laughs> now, not to so darken this, but... <laughs> He looks very much like John Wayne Gacy when he was smiling. <laughs> oh, 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 oh,
1: oh Lord! Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a disturbing
0: looking clown. I think most clowns are
1: disturbing looking, but you know this yeah,
0: one definitely too. is. I think yeah. I, th- I think they all have that in them to you know to look disturbing. But I think it's that when he's waving and he's frozen and he's not yeah. smiling or it's just that right. frozen look on right. his face. So it's like oh that's yeah.
1: and then his line. I loved his line. I don't have an act. I'm a psychiatrist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, Binky, do your act. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Oh, that's the best. So the act is falling flat. He's nervous. Beckham tells him to do the flower trick. I mean, it was such a winner at the bar. So he basically he's she's gonna f- apparently fill in for Cliff in this trick. He squirts her in the face, which children love. So he does it again, and then he's dancing around, exclaiming, "I'm a clown! I'm a clown!" <laughs> so Frazier's had some, you know, some creative fun with the children. Meanwhile, Sam comes in and he tells the guys a story about being hit on at the same time by Judy and Lori. Some of them at, they were at dinner, and both of them mm-hmm. approach you know reach out to him and say, "I want you sam and and then he says, "And then I woke up yep. so he says the dream means that his conscious is getting to him because there was something before about a little voice. You know, they were like where it was coming from. And now it was coming from his brain, it's his conscience. Mm-hmm. And he asked him if he think if um, they think he's getting scruples. <laughs> so Carla now is trying to convince Sam to go for it and to not break up with the daughter. She was worried about this before. But it's like now that he might be having a little bit of a moral sensibility, she's not in favor of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nope. Nope. Yep. So then in comes Lori, and everybody's kind of excited because Sam is decided he's just gonna go for broke with both of them <laughs> and she says that her mom doesn't know she's there and everybody is just you know that, that kind of like that ooh kind of little noise uh. they make when they're all excited about something <laughs> and she tells sam she thought he was the most wonderful man in the world when she was a little girl and that she still thinks that but she's not a little girl anymore and they're still squealing from this yes <laughs> um they're taught sam and laurie to have a special connection and then he notices that she's wearing an engagement ring and she says she's gonna, she's getting married, and she wants Sam to give her away, which I think, in general, would have been very flattering had Sam not gone down this other path. Right, <laughs> sure. Um, Lori says her fiancé is a lot like a young you. <laughs> and Sam, he just says, I pause, he's like, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At first he said something like, well, you little s- sly one. Yes, <laughs> I, like, I thought that was really funny,
1: just how he caught himself there.
0: Right, yeah. right. So but yeah, a light young you he says he can't wait to give her away. So now he really is back more in a kind of fa- not father figure mode, but sort of like a run along now, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she hugs and she's like, Thank you, Uncle Sammy and I think he does say like run along. It's like, Yeah, whatever, run along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so didn't work out. And I I had a note here, there's something in Sam's expression as he turns from Laurie back to the gang and he when he turns around he has a look on his face before he apologizes for letting them down but the look he had I was like is he interested in Laurie somewhat for the show of entertaining the guys mm. because that is i mean that's a big feature of the situation mm-hmm. you know? it could be yeah know I mean, who knows so carla can't comfort Sam by telling him that he tried to do the wrong thing <laughs>
1: that's what counts right <laughs>
0: always with Carla I think when it comes to these things Mm -hmm. so back at the kitty party Fraser's routine is a hit the matriarch overseeing the party tells um, Binky Frasier that he was wonderful and Frasier admits that he is in fact not a professional clown but is a practicing psychiatrist and that clowning is his avocation and Mrs. Ridgeway the lady tells Rebecca that she'll tell her husband what splendid work Rebecca did on the party And so she leaves the room. So this is, it's a little bit like the party Rebecca had to throw where the vase is broken. You know, like some kind of weird shenanigan happens whenever Rebecca has to host a corporate (laughs) event. Like she does a great job with the planning and all of that. But then something happens and they have to improvise their way out of it. (laughs) We're building a theme here. Rebecca tells Frazier that Woody called and told her about the trick handkerchief. That would have made Fraser's pants fall down, and he and says something about like that the people would have seen that skimpy underwear. And Fraser says he took off the underwear. He calls it a French torture device, and has been doing this al fresco. Al fresco, <laughs> right? So Mrs. Ridgeway asks Fraser to meet her mother, and he and Rebecca leave the room to do so. And the I guess the the mother sneezes. <laughs> Fraser. Very formless gazoon type, madam. Here's my handkerchief. Mm-hmm. And you hear Rebecca say, no. And then you hear the sound of the handkerchief being pulled and clown pants falling down. And then a thud and a scream. Followed by Mrs. Richway calling, mother? Mother? <laughs> so I thought that was a great ending. It's a success yeah. that turns into another party fail for Rebecca and another embarrassment for Frasier. It was going mm-hmm. so well for a while. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah, it was a great way to end it. It was a lot happened in the last couple of seconds. Um, mm-hmm. But no, yeah, I, this episode is just jam-packed. I love it. Fun, yeah. fast-paced, just thoroughly enjoyable. It's got some great dialogue, some great lines. Yeah, I really enjoyed it.
0: I did too. This story with Sam with the two women, it's not my favorite story. I think it's mm-hmm. pretty well done, and it has some great lines, like you were saying. It's not my favorite story in the whole world. I do like that there's like a twist ending on that, and Sam gets a surprise just in sort of like he thinks he's getting something really in his imagination really good and gets this little surprise that Lloyd's getting married. And then, of course, at the party, there's the surprise of the handkerchief. So David Lloyd has a way of putting something that's, I think, sort of remotely related into stories that you can pay attention to. And there's just, I don't know, there's some sort of underlying connection, even though the stories aren't connected. So I appreciate that because, as I said, the Stam story... I can kind of take it or leave it as a story. The clown thing from Lilith coming in at the beginning, the underwear, Woody having to play Mark Antony, all of that, the way all of that went together, I thought was fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, it's almost like you don't may not care that much for Sam's story, but it almost doesn't matter in a way because it just goes so fast that it's, right. at least to me, I just kind of just went with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just worked by virtue, I think, of, of the lines and the characters and everybody having a part to play. You know, we're such a fan the of that. The commentary. So, yeah. yeah. So it just I just really enjoyed how everything worked together, and it just made a very good, full, cohesive whole for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah I agree. I don't have anything negative or other things to comment on about it other than just, again, that sort of – that comic flow that we see in some of – we've seen that before in some of David Lloyd's episodes. And I think that like, the pacing – it's fast but it's not frenetic like you said it's just you kind of go along with it and it just Mm -hmm. rolls through and then we have the the scenes that really just seem like the actors are enjoying themselves and there's you know they're they could be in character it could be just the actors but it just really works Mm -hmm. you know and they're having fun um everybody even though they're not all involved as primary actors in the stories they all have roles to play everybody's memorable and has something funny so Yeah. yeah i i think it's just it's well done from a whole cast perspective even though the stories are sort of particular to some of the characters too Mm -hmm. and it's just fun and very rewatchable absolutely so i gave it i gave it a four
1: i gave it a four as well okay yep just fun i can't i don't have any criticisms for it It solid episode yeah uh, better than average i think and um yeah just thoroughly enjoyable from start to finish that will do it for us today you can find us on facebook norm a cheers podcast and on twitter at cheers underscore norm you can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places apple podcasts google podcasts overcast and spotify leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there thanks so much for listening